You are now listening to a message from Eka Christian Center. Get set to be at the fire. God has blessed you. Our senior pastor, for this opportunity, um, he sends his greetings from Ota. You know, so uh, you know, I, I'm I'm trusting God to help me uh, do this today. We've been looking at the subject building family prosperity. Building family prosperity. And I want us to understand that this is a message for every single person in church. So you might be married, about to get married, in a relationship, not in a relationship. But this subject contains the wisdom you need to navigate your family. Praise God. We're going to start very quickly. I'm mindful of the time. Let us open our Bibles to Genesis 1, verse 28. Genesis 1, 28. A very popular text of Scripture. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature all right, that moves on the ground. So this tells me that it is God's desire that every man, every woman prospers. We see this same idea echoed by John in 3 John 2 when he prays and says, I wish, beloved, above all things that you ought prosper and be what? In health, even as your soul prospers. It is easy in a time like this to think that prosperity is about the money in your bank account. We live in a world that is seemingly ruled by agents of Sakpa, right? So many of us can think that, hey, if I don't have money in my account, I'm not what? I'm not prosperous. But we are going to see today, as we've seen in the previous three sessions, that prosperity is much more than what you have in your account. So there are five instructions in Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue the earth. And have dominion. Or rule over. So it is important that we start by asking ourselves this question. Why is God interested in the family? Why? And to answer this question, let us open our Bibles to Psalm 68 verse 2. Psalm 68 verse 2. 
And we're going to see something very interesting there. Psalm 68, verse 6, right? Sorry. Verse 6. All right. Let us read together. God scented the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a what? In a dry land. So, if this was, you know, a classroom, and I asked the question, what is the opposite of a dry land? What would you say? Fertile land, right? Good. A fruitful land, right? So, God is saying here, or we are reading from this verse, that the rebellious will dwell in a land that is not fruitful. But the opening of the verse says something that God sets the solitary man. God sets an individual where? In families. But the man who is rebellious, the man who has said, God, I don't send you. That man dwells where? In a dry land. So, if we are doing word and opposite, right? The man who God sets is the opposite of the rebellious man, right? Then it means that family is the opposite of what? Dry land. That means God's definition of prosperity is found in the family. Praise God. We're going to see some other things as we go on. Let's go to Genesis 18. We're going to read a lot of text today. Genesis 18. You see, one of the most beautiful testimonies I have seen in scripture that God has about any man is what we are about to read here today. Yes, David was a man after God's heart. Yes, Solomon did not ask for riches, he asked for wisdom. Yes, Daniel did not eat the king's meal. But what we are going to read here in Genesis 18 is so brilliant a text that when you see it, you understand God's heart for the family. From verse 17. Get up. Okay. I mean, I'm sure we all have our Bibles. Okay, so, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? So God is sitting down in heaven, you know, or maybe he's in, he's in Mars. He's just chilling and he's about, he's about to do something. And he says, wait, what I'm about to do now, this is my plan. Can I really keep it from Abraham? Let's go on. Seeing. So God is giving us the reason why he's torn between hiding it from Abraham and telling Abraham. And he says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation 
And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Wonderful. That is the kind of ambition we should have. You're going to buy the field in your industry. You're going to control the narrative where you occupy. Beautiful. Let's go on. For I know him. For I know him. That he will do what? Command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. I know him. I know that this man is a family man. I know that this man will instruct his family after him. I know that this man will try to replicate what I have taught him in his children. So God says, I cannot hide my plans from such a man. A family. So when you are thinking about prosperity, maybe the first thing you should do is remind yourself that it's not about you. God's plan is to place individuals in where? In families. That is his design. Remember in 28 of verse 1 of Genesis. What did God say? God said to them. He said to what? To them. Be fruitful. So that, that is God's plan. That, that's why God wants the family to prosper. Now let's look at prosperity. Alright? Who is ready to go? Alright, let's look at prosperity. Psalm 1. Book of Psalms, chapter 1. And I want us to read this together because this is a very, I mean, if you grew up in church, this is a psalm that you should know. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standed anywhere in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Usher, please help me. I need three chairs. And I need three volunteers. I won't call the pastors. I need three volunteers. I know if it will come out. <laughs> okay, I think, I think I need, just one chair. Just one chair. There's just one chair. Can I bring it up? Let me help you. Should I call out? Okay, I have one, one person from Ushering. One person from Fire and Media. So that means Shanu will come. Okay, Hannah is coming. No, Hannah is coming. Let, let Hannah come. I want to show us something. All right? So in Psalm 1, there are three verbs we can see. Right? Three verbs. What are they? What are they? Walking, standing, sitting. Okay. Anna, you can sit. Afiz, say you stand. You need just one chair. 
So if you stand, just stand beside. Then Ibami, just be walking. So just keep walking, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. I won't forget to just keep walking. Now, three verbs, right? And David is right and he's saying, there is a man. The reason why I'm calling that man blessed is because that man is not walking, right? He's not walking. Walking where? In the council of who? Okay, good. That man is also not standing. Where? where? Standing where? And that man is not sitting. All right. So if you notice something, if you reverse those verbs, hmm, before you can walk, you must be standing. Right? And to stand, you came from a seated position, right? So David is showing us the progressiveness of rebellion. He's showing us that, see, the worst part is to be walking. Mm, that's the worst part. But walking started from sitting. You sat down there. Now, remember what we read. That God sets. He sets the solitary. Where? In families. The idea of setting is to place the man seated in the family. Praise God. Now, continue working. No, just keep working. I'm also working as well. Right? Working in the counsel of the ungodly. Standing. A very, very heavy word. But David says that the man who is blessed is the man who is not doing any of this. So we must find out what that man is doing. Right? It's in the Bible. It's not in Oxford Dictionary. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. So, the man who is cursed, because to be cursed is the opposite of to be blessed, right? Alright. So, the man who is cursed is walking in the way of the ungodly. Right? So the man who is blessed, what is he doing? Walking by faith and not by sight. Do you understand? So that man who is, so Ayobami now is walking by faith and not by sight. Let's go on. That same man cannot be standing in the path of sinners. So what is he doing? 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. If you are there, you can read. So the projector guys are slow this morning. Maybe the cold. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. What is he doing? Stand fast in the faith. Look at that. Stand fast in the faith. But here's the beautiful thing. Because Hannah is blessed, 
Ephesians 2 verse 6 is the definition of our own sitting. And what does it say? Seated with Christ. So the family unit that is prosperous, where God will set you in, is in Christ. So your definition of prosperity must start from that. Praise God. I want we can stop working. Thank you so much, guys. Please give them a round of applause, please. But here's the funny thing. We've not even finished Psalm 1. So let's go back. Right? Let's go back. Verse 2 now says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. But here's the beautiful thing, guys. Before David tells us about the appetites and the habits of this man, David, first of all, showed us where this man is not found. And by extension, where he should be what? To be found. It tells me that the family unit determines your appetites. In the family unit, you get your training for life. The things you like or don't like, you learn it from the family first. Glory to God. And verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Did you see money there? It tells me that in the family setting, in a family that walks, that stands, that sits, in accordance with God's will, there is such a thing as fruitfulness. And that takes us back to what? Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful. A tree that bears its fruit in season is a tree that is making use of opportunity. That means whatsoever you find doing, do well. Whatever you find yourself doing, do it as unto the Lord. We learned that last week, right? So it's like an orange tree complaining that it is not yet its season and people are eating mangoes. It's like you are seated in your house and you are seeing people on Twitter talking about I'm traveling here, traveling there. But in your own life, God has been faithful in his own way. Based on his calendar for your life, and you start thinking, that, ah, God, I need more. 
So it tells me something, and I, I think you should tell you the same thing, that prosperity is alignment to God's will. Whether there's money in your account or not. That's why Paul said, I know how to abound and abase. Paul was not moved by the amount of zeros in his account. He was a tree that bore fruit in its season. We can look at verse 3 of Psalm 1 and get to some extra detail, but I want us to really talk about the next thing, which is building. So we looked at family, right? We've seen prosperity, right? Now let's look at building, which I think is the, is the action word in the title, right? So it means that when the Lord gave this title to Pastor Femi, the Lord was expecting that at the end of this series, we would go out and build, right? Families are what? That are prosperous, right? Okay, good. So that means if there's anything you would take from here, it is that I must build a prosperous family. And the reason we have gone through this long journey is so that Somebody sitting down here who already has $1 million in their account will not think I've arrived because it's not about money. So building, this is the interesting part. Let's open our Bibles to Luke 14. 14. 27 to 28. Luke 14, 27 to 28. I have a friend. He moved into a new house. It was not furnished. So he had to get you know, furniture and other things. And it took him about three weeks. He got the furniture, got the kitchen utensils, got his TV, sound system, and he set up the house. Before he did that, he got fumigators to come and you know, clean the house, painters. So the house was ready for him to come. So on a Saturday, he went to the house. He's ready to, you know, enjoy the fruit of his labor. And so he was hungry. He wanted to eat. He was craving the love rice. He went into the kitchen because there was a kitchen. Glory to God. The house had the kitchen. He went there, put on the light. The light came on. Hallelujah. The light came on. And he went to the 
wardrobe and the cupboard rather, brought out the pots, all the, all the different kinds of pots to boil the water for the rice. He brought out the sieve, brought out everything. Even fed water into the pot because water was running. Clean water. And then he went to the cupboard to check for the materials for the what? For the food. But he had not bought the materials. Can my friend make love rice? Okay. Another story. This one, this one is, I'm inventing this one now. I want to eat that same jollof rice. Hmm? So I tell my friends, and you guys will help me, because the only thing I know how to cook is indomie. So you help me, you help me list out the materials for making jollof rice, right? Okay. Just call it out. So I told my friends, about 10 of them, I'm craving jollof rice. And I saw on the internet that this is how to make jollof rice. So I need what? Rice. So I told one of them, bring rice. What else do I need? Pepper, tomatoes, what else? Okay, so I said bring everything. In the quantity hmm, that I saw online. In the exact quantity. Everything was exact. Everything. And I took everything, put it in a plate, and I started eating. Yes? Are those not the materials for making jollof rice? What was that? Huh? They said buy all these things, put it together and eat, right? Yeah. So you guys are guessing where I'm going to. I pray. In Luke, 20, Luke 14, the Bible says, And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Next verse. For which of you, intending to build a tower, seated not down first and count the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it? Let's go on. Less happily, after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. That, uh -huh, that that's a mocking. Like, what kind of... Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. But she that one is building. Let's go on. Or what king going to make war? Look at this. Look at this. The another king is in their house. You are going to make war. You are the one going to find trouble. Sit that not down first and consult whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Let's go on. Or else, while the order is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage 
and desired conditions of peace. Let me paint the picture for you. You can understand. Two kings. Two kings. One has an army the size of 20,000 men. The other, 10,000. But the one with 10,000 says, I want to go and fight and take that territory. And here's the wonderful thing. He has information on that king because he knows that the king has what? 20,000. But that's all he knows. He didn't consult. He didn't sit down to the, no strategy, nothing. He now says, I want to fight you. So he sends his man, his messenger, go and tell that king, I want to fight you. And he said, okay, no, well, let's fight. Let's, I mean, let's, let's get it on. Let's do this. And then, on that day, decide to fight. The other king is coming from afar off. He has, not even, he has not gotten to the gate of this our king. He's just coming from afar off. So, it means that this our king, all he can see everywhere is black. All he can hear is footsteps. I says, ah. Before he gets here, messenger, please, let me go and tell him that we are sorry, we surrender. Counting the cost. Before you get into marriage, starting a family, or anything in life, count the cost. Many times, believers have been taught to think that strategic planning is outside the will of God. So I ask, who gave you the brain to be able to plan? Many times we think that preparing, if I say this one, it's better I'm shading, you know, people on campus who don't read and just, you know, go to fellowship and say, God will answer my exam questions for me. Okay, I already said it. See, Jesus Christ was the one who said these words. He said, count the cost. What will it take? What do I need? So in the first example, the one building the house, the Lord said, that man should consider whether he has all that he needs. And this is not part of my teaching, but... In my life, I have noticed that when I count the cost before entering anything, it is easier for me to know when God has entered. When I count the cost, oh, I'm about to go write an exam. And I say, okay, if I need to read five hours a day, do this, do this, do this. At the end of the process, when I look back and I check what I did, to what I should have done. And I see the result. I'm like, nah, it wasn't just me. It helps you. So count the cost. 
careful consideration. And you might be thinking, family, man, I'm still under a family. <laughs> I, don't, I don't intend to marry now. You start counting from today. So you must be a planner. You must have, at the very minimum, a broad vision of where you want to go to. So I wrote down here, and, and I think I highlighted it, that your ability to plan is part of God's provision. Look at Joseph. The king, the pharaoh, had a dream. Joseph came and said, do this, do that. He gave a strategy. Look at Nehemiah. He was sad, heartbroken that his people were in exile and the city was in ruins. He didn't go on his knees and start praying that, Lord, send angels. Send the cherubim. Send the seraphim. Let them build back the city. No. He went, got men, got approval, and went to build. It's the same thing with marriage. Some of us brothers, sorry to say, we are praying for a life partner. And after praying for 40 days and 40 nights, you will receive a vision. Hmm? A vision. And in that vision, the Lord appeared to you in flowing garments of white. And calls you and say, Brother David. And you wake up and say, Yes, Lord. The Lord says, Behold a basket of ladies. Pick and choose. And you say, Lord, I just finished 40 days and 40 nights. Tempt me, Lord, oh Lord. And the Lord says, no, my son, I have given you the land. Pick. Say, no, far be it for me to taste anything unclean. I say, Lord, no, I don't want. And the Lord says, yes. The Lord in your vision, no, not my Lord. The Lord says, yes, you have been tested and tried. Now behold, and the Lord waves his hand, and one lady appears. Behold, your woman. He say, yes, Lord, I have heard. You now carry that vision. Hmm? And on the strength of that vision alone, you now say, Sister Joy, the Lord said, you are mine. Now, I can tell you for a fact that I have friends who received instructions from God about the specific person. But what they did not do was to go and say, the Lord said. They built. Because the same efforts or the same kind of energy you need to build a family you use it in building the relationship. So it's a training. You can't use the Lord said for everything. 
to build. Glory to God. Build your person. So building requires you to look at yourself and say, wait. The first service on this topic, we have explained the relationship between the man and the woman in the marriage concept. Okay, do I really believe that? Am I ready to accept that I, can, I should love my wife like Christ loved the church? That is you counting the cost. The second service was spiritual, prayer. Do you have the tenacity to stay up and pray on a matter? Or will your wife tell you, ah, honey, this thing happened, and the moment she says it, your entire life has scattered. Tenacity to pray. Rituals. And last week, we looked at the financial part. You broke. A sapper proposed to you and you said yes. Is it true? What are you doing about your mind? Count the cost. Are you at that stage where your decisions are of a high quality? And there are so many other things. Are you easily provoked? Somebody walks by you and does steps or does, they bought you new shoe yesterday. As in those small, small, small stain. Those small. And you've turned to Voltron. Everybody must hear where they bought your shoe, who made it, how they shipped it from the UK, everything. And you must kill this person. See, count the cost. And there's another aspect that I realize a lot of us don't, don't really understand. And we see it in the marriage concept a lot, right? So many of us have, and have been there, where our devotion, or let me, let me put it like this, the intensity or how fervent we are towards God depends on how close we are to a major decision in our life. Let me say it like this. The only time the angels have heard you pray, one, common entrance, two, wayek, three, four, your second jam, five, your third jam. That's the only time Let me say this. You will do more. You will achieve more efficiently where your fervency is 24-7. PF says this. Consistency is the key. And I mean, I think I, I was, when I was preparing, you know, I had, I was so tired in the week and I had some notes put together. So yesterday I went to bed. Or I slept off, rather. It wasn't bedtime yet. So I slept off. And 
in my sleep. I had a dream. I, this is what I just said now was PF telling me this in the dream. Right? And then he said something before I woke up. And he said, that same principle of consistency applies to every area of your life. Every area. You do more as an evangelist if your evangelism is every day. So build. So in God's system of direction, planning is vital. So one of the things I told myself I was going to do was to go back to the message. Listen and listen again. Identify those areas where I need to build myself. So let's look at a couple of things. Now I gave I gave a short list just now. But let's look at look at four things and then we'll pray. Let us start from wisdom. Let's start from wisdom. Proverbs 24, verse 3 is through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it is established. In Ephesians 5, and please help me project that. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. The Bible says, be very careful. That's our word, circumspectly. Be very careful. And in Marks, there was something called the circumference, right? Circumference is what? Right? Around the circle. So when Paul is saying, see then that you walk circumspectly, he's saying, cover everything. Leave nothing to chance. And he's saying that it is a wise man that does it. A wise man does not just walk anyhow. He considers everything. And it is the same thing as what? Counting the cost. Let's go on. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Go on. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So very quickly, if you were to define wisdom from these three verses, what would you say? Wisdom is what? Walking circumspectly, redeeming 
the times, knowing the will of God. That means wisdom is not just the application of knowledge. Wisdom is working in a way that what? Optimizes God's will. That means the quality of your life decisions is determined by your alignment to the will of God. I mean, if you're an Oikea man, an Oikea man, you know that God's greatest will is that none should perish, but that all should come the knowledge of the Son. So, God's design for the family is for evangelism. Yes, I know there's pleasure. There's, you know, you take pictures, you enjoy. Yes, there's a lot. What? God's will. God's will. And we've read that through wisdom is a house what established and built. So you, you, you then realize now, let's go back to that first, that second example I gave about the ingredients, right? Eating the ingredients one by one is not the same thing as cooking it, right? And eating, right? That means the jollof rice is greater than the sum of all the ingredients that make jollof rice. Do you agree? Let me see it again for my, my food because they didn't shout yes. If I, okay, how many of us know Nutrici? Nutrici? <laughs> Good. We all know Nutrici. If I take a bottle of water and I drink it, and after I drink, I now take Nutrici and pour it in my mouth. Is it the same thing as mixing together? Thank you. Wisdom is like that. There are different things that make you a wise man. If you have one, but not all, you are not wise. So you can have a high IQ. You can be a professor. You can know all the terms in science. But you'll be defending someone that doesn't have a certificate. No, was not. You didn't catch that rema. IQ is not wisdom. And that is why the Lord taught me something. He said to me that it's, it's not about how intelligent you are. Because there are more intelligent men who beat their wives. So their book did not stop it. Then the Lord now took me to another side of the room and said, it is also not about how anointed you are. Because there are anointed men who did not train their kids properly. 
That is why Paul said, walk circumspect. Don't assume that you have it, the answer. Don't assume that you know it all. Part of wisdom is humility. Part of wisdom is meekness. Being teachable. I remember when I was 14, I entered the bus to preach. And I was, I was preaching in the bus. And then I said, I can't remember the verse I said. I, said, I think I said maybe in Psalm 7. The Bible says this, this, and this. And the bus driver said, you are wrong, sir. Well, you know now, say no, I, I shall continue. And I went home and I checked and I was wrong. Part of wisdom is being teachable. It is recognizing that this message is for me. There's a bad habit we have in churches, though. The pastor says something wonderful. Tell them at the back. Louder for them in the gallery. And the spirit is saying, oh, that is for you. In fact, this one that he just said, you are the one I had in mind. Being teachable. Glory to God. So, the last thing I'll talk about, discipline. So, I mean, look at it now. From the first Sunday, we looked at, you know, the clarification of how the man and the woman worked together in the marriage concept, context. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at uh, the spiritual side of things. Last week, financial. So, we're looking at, you know, more emotional you know, aspects. Discipline. Discipline. Let's go to Proverbs 16, verse 32. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Do you know that what cost Esau and Saul was discipline? Was discipline. Esau had, when we were young, which you saying Abraham's blessings are mine. Esau had every, Esau had the blessing. Esau had it, but he sold it for Shawama. Discipline. In the law, there was a prescription for who can do sacrifice. Saul had won. Just wait. I said, no. No, I can't wait. It's wasting my time. I'm a, I'm a man of time. Discipline. So in Proverbs 16, verse 32, the Bible says, He that is slow to anger, he is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that take care of the city. Why? Because a man who rules his spirit, a man who can put himself under and say, okay, I am going to pray and fast every night for the next one month and do it. A man that will say, I will give to the church every month and do it. That man is saying, I value what God values. 
So you can't see a man or you can't see a woman who doesn't display wisdom or discipline and now say, this is God's will for me. Many of us, maybe not here, because we've done this for three weeks now. So you must, building godly homes was there. So you must, I mean, nobody here can be like that. But many of us before, we would see red flag and turn it to Ashwabi. We will see the entire rapper and say, this is where I want to die. You can't see an indisciplined man and say, I want to build a prosperous home with this person. Praise God. So the things I have listed out are the things that you will work on yourself to become and they are the same things you will look out for in the other person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. I want to say glory here to we pray. So you can pray this word into your life. We will pray. The Holy Spirit in us has granted us access to so many things. And one of them is self-control. So you're going to pray this morning that, Lord, give me the wisdom. Lord, give me the discipline to become the man and the woman after your heart. Let us pray. Let's pray out at the top of our voices. Lord, give me the wisdom. Give me the discipline to become the man, the woman after your heart. One hungry for you, hungry for your will. One willing to go the distance for you. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikia cc. God has blessed you.